Hello, everyone. Just to make you aware, we do spoilers on this show. So if you haven't seen the film that we're discussing, I'd recommend going and checking it out before listening. If you're happy to hear spoilers, then carry on. If not, check us out, check out the film, and come back to us when you're ready. Add this, for the, add this for the bonus reel. This is going on like Christmas special. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it recording? Sorry. Yeah, I, that's literally what we're talking about. It's the fact that I nodded and you went, oh, I'm just going to wait for you to get naked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Bloopers. Hello and welcome to another episode of Clapperboard Climax, your weekly fix of movies, news and bad reviews which I think was our original tagline many months ago. As ever, I am Dan, and I'm joined by Joe. Hi. And Anna. Hello. Hello. This week, we are going to be discussing the excellent film, Finding Nemo. Bit of a detour after the last two weeks of uh, horror and gore. Carnage. Carnage, although I suppose it depends on your point of view. And, uh, <laughs> and before we begin... Digging in, Joe, we're going to throw over to you for our usual weekly roundup of competition news. Well, we've got four correct answers this week. The most we've ever had, I think. Four whole fans. Yeah. So we obviously have the curious cinephile. Of course. He's there. First in, I'm pretty sure. I think it was like, I think he like messaged me. Find an emo before I'd even put the first clue up. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Like, like the Marines. Um, and then we also have Mike, who first thought it was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea um, because I put a picture of Captain Nemo. Uh, but I was like, no, it's a bit too obvious. And then as soon as I put up the uh, picture of a John Dory fish, it was like, oh, it's Finding Nemo, isn't it? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have Tipsy Flicks, who I believe it is their first time uh, entering. That's a great name. That's Tipsy underscore Flicks. And I believe, if I remember rightly, let's go onto their page. Yeah, so they pair beer, craft beer, with films. Nice. So they will put, so for example, their most recent thing yesterday was. One of my favourite films of all time, Clerks, mm-hmm. with Snoochie Boochie's Pear Tart Tatum Sour. <laughs> Do you know, I know nothing about that beer, and yet immediately from the name alone, yes, perfect pairing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because it has uh, a picture of Kevin Smith and Jane Silent Bob on the actual uh, can itself. That'll do it. That'll do it. But yeah, there's. Um, let's see. Oh, let's see if uh, I can see any films that we've reviewed so far and see if they have. I might do that whilst uh, you're talking later. You also have um, the final one is from someone that we all know. Um, do we? Yeah. So Claire Handley. Who's that? Hey, nice. No, don't say that. I don't know who that is. <laughs> She's oh, of course, Anna. 
So Claire is on our uh, master's um, writing, writing for scripts and screen course. Um, Sorry, Claire. <laughs> I do not, know who you are. And, and, Northern and Ireland. Doesn't know I, who do. Is. I do. <laughs> I barely know who they are. <laughs> who is Lance? <laughs> who is Lance? Who is Lance? Um, Phil Mitchell's yeah, she, ex-Mrs. X. She gave us um, a, a glowing review as well as a um, a guess. But yeah. Well, excellent. Well, excellent. It sounds good. Thank you very much, everyone, for guessing. Um, Claire, obviously, thank you for listening as well. Um, means that me and Joe are doing the right thing with all the PR. We'll uh, we'll leave the next round to Anna. You can meet all these new people on our course. And, what PR um, are you doing? <laughs> oh, tons. We're it out was there. yeah. It was that meeting that we had, the way we said that we we were we were flogging our wares. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. mm-hmm. well, why, where was I? What was my excuse? I, I don't know. <laughs> Do not know. But talking of flogging our wares, Finding Nemo. Let's talk about it. Um, like we said at the start, a bit of a departure from the last few weeks. Halloween and uh, the Devil's Rejects. So I can't remember which one of us suggested this. I want to say, Joe, it was your suggestion. So yeah. I'm going to throw... well. I'm going to throw over to you before we talk about plot points and synopsis, although if you don't know it by now, honestly, what are you doing? What made you pick Finding Nemo? Um, so before I start, there isn't any on this um, tipsy flicks that we've done so far. However, Anna will be pleased that they have uh, Twin Peaks <gasps> Firewalk with me. <gasps> oh, my God. And I love that film. They have... Um, Paired that with uh, Imperial Manchester Tart Sour. Oh, it sounds uh, a bit northern. The answer is with the question. Um, but yeah, it's Pomona Island, which is a great brewery. Anyway. Okay. Finding Nemo. Thank you. Finding Nemo. Um, I, I had to have Disney on my, my top ten list. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is... The per- a perfect film. Mm. Like I struggle to find anything wrong with it. Yeah, and I and it's just it's like a warm hug. It's just like I watch it primarily when I'm hungover, <laughs> and I just need something that I know I'm going to enjoy. That I know something that isn't very heavy, and that is relaxing. Even like the bits with like action and stuff like that like it's not like too heavy on the brain mm-hmm. and it's just like and that's the thing like I watched it when it first came out and I was a lot younger obviously and I enjoyed it and now like I watch it and it's it's kind of it it's taken a different um kind of meaning for me now especially being older and having like Ryan in my life and having to kind of be the kind of not the only but like a, an adult figure in his life and mm-hmm. trying to be responsible and things so it's it's interesting so that's why I kind of chose it because it's my favorite it was a toss-up between this and Toy Story 1 yeah when I was a kid I could quote word for word 
mm-hmm. whilst it was on and did regularly. But I think um, because of the longevity of it, for me, I think Finding Nemo is just my favourite Disney film. Um, so in terms of plot, like like Dan said, if you don't know it already, um, the premise, we're going to kind of narrative and stuff later, so I won't go through everything. But the premise is that um, a clownfish uh, called Marlin and his wife, I'm assuming, um, mm-hmm. uh, Coral, ha- are, have moved into a anemone on the um, on a coral reef, which I'm assuming is is in Australia. Um, well, they've all got American accents. Yeah, but it's it's an American film, isn't it? Like it's a very American. Yeah, but but then they go closer to Australia, and then they have Australian accents. So maybe they're just they travel a long way. I was thinking. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know where it's. You set. should know. But yeah, they um they live near the drop off, and there is I believe it's a barracuda that attacks um and. Marlin is knocked out, and then we find out that Coral's died. All of the rest of the the, the babies, whatever, it, it, was that technically caviar? Mm, technically, um, yeah. But there's one that that remains, and um, in honor of his dead wife, essentially, which is weird when you talk about it like, like mm. it's essentially what it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's all quite they, brutal, actually. Who wanted to name their one of their children Nemo? He calls him Nemo. Nemo then gets lost um, by one well, doesn't get lost, gets taken by a diver whilst swimming out to a boat uh, to defy his father. And then the rest of the story is Marlin going in search of Nemo, trying to find because. Obviously, he's lost everything else. He can't lose Nemo as well. Mm-hmm. And then everything happens after that. Chaos ensues. Chaos ensues, indeed. Ed, that's a good summary. It's a good summary. You know, it's funny when you were talking about why you picked it and you said it's a, a perfect film. Finding Nemo is one of those weird films for me that if you said to me, oh, do you want to watch Finding Nemo? A small part in the back of my brain and go, oh, Finding Nemo. And yet, every time I watch it, I I kind of find it to be the same. It's flawless, isn't it? Like, if you said to me, pick a hole in this movie, mm. I don't know that I can. Mm. I don't. I was talking to a student at work the other day, and I said that. I said it's just, it's just such a perfect film. I'm sure people will be listening and will be disagreeing. Yeah, but, um, but actually, when find a uh, a plot hole, then let us know and we can uh, unpack it. Maybe. Well, funny you should say that. Oh. I was going to say if anyone's going <laughs> to. Mm. <laughs> no, are, not really. Honestly, it I turns mean... out that barracuda was a South Australian fish, and they were in the north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, no, no, oh, no. I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I was just going to say <laughs> that. I don't think you would find a whale of that size in Sydney Harbour. <laughs> that's that's probably that, the only thing. That's the that. only bad thing I have to say. Oh, mm. I do, and yeah, carry on. Yeah, the only I was going to say the only because I was genuinely watching it, thinking, 
surely there's got to be some flaw that I haven't missed have missed before. And I think the only one I could find was in the fish tank, the um the starfish mm-hmm. makes a point of being stuck against the glass at one point and them not being able to hear her because she's stuck against the glass. Mm, yeah. Yeah. But then there is another point in which she's stuck against a glass and they can hear her perfectly. Yeah. So, but but again, and uh, the fact that they wouldn't be able to make it that dirty in such a short amount of time. Yeah, probably. Like, True. very likely. Like, and also, I mean, <laughs> we're going. There's no, there's no mistakes. And and yeah, uh, but okay, let's let's expand this. Into and the fish can... don't talk. You can fish too well. You know, so you can nitpick what you like, but actually, from a, a narrative and a structural and a story point of view, there's nothing wrong with it. No, no, no. In the slightest. Yeah. Like there's there's tiny kind of things that if you really like, and again, it's if you really want to nitpick. Yeah, yeah. But you can do that with any film. It's like you... if you watched, you know, the most perfect movie and went, oh, they're wearing a Casio watch, and this is set in yeah. 1853. Well, that's yeah. not really a story. <laughs> Does it affect your ability That's to? That's a very specific thing. Have you seen that? No, but there are loads. There are I was loads, say, of, there loads. Is loads of Casio yeah, watches yeah, in watch. Lord of the Rings. I have I, seen a Casio watch thing somewhere. What is it? Let's see if I can find it. Joe's going on the hunt now. Um, is it like the birth of Christ or something? No, it's not. Some. It's not. The wise like... men brought gold, frankincense, and draw cards. <laughs> and a Casio watch. <laughs> and a Casio watch. Time is important, uh, but yes, I um I don't know if either of you two have heard of this before. But have you heard of oh, what's it called? Even I apparently have not heard of it. It's the Pixar Twenty Two Rules of Storytelling. Oh no! Okay, so this is something that I picked up um, a few years ago. Um, possibly, actually, maybe not even that long. Just because I was watching a YouTube channel and they were looking at another film. And um, and they said, well, let's look at this through the lens of Pixar's 22-point storytelling um, method. Um, and I will happily send it over to both of you to have a look. But the long and the short of it is that Pixar have 22 points, supposedly, for telling a story. When you're writing it, what works, what doesn't. And that's how Pixar come up with, I, I genuinely would believe this, such consistently good films because they have a, a rule book that you follow um, or a method of writing. <laughs> so I went through the 22 points before we watched this and, and picked out a few and, um, and tried to apply them to the film and, and try and pull out some examples. So if you've got time, go and have a look at those. But the ones that I pulled out were things like you appreciate character for trying, not for succeeding. Um, you know, find what your character's good at and then make them do the opposite. Give your characters opinions because someone who is very agreeable might look good in your head and might look good on paper, but people hate characters who don't have some uh, personality or objective opinions. And and it was quite interesting going through and trying to tick them off because actually they're all in there. You oh, know, wow. whatever, whatever this guide is, you can very easily apply it. So So even things like, you know, what are the stakes of the film? Stack the odds against your characters. And you kind of go, well, literally for Marlin, his wife and whole family are killed in the first two minutes. So then the stakes for finding Nemo are huge because you know exactly what he's lost 
within the first scene of the film. And um, and then even, you know, in the broader sense, it only takes another 15 minutes for Nemo to go missing. And you just left, you kind of just go, actually, it's such good storytelling. And it might, you know, you might look at it and go, oh, it's really formulaic, but but it works. And it works so well. It's formulaic, but for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, although, actually, I think watching this film, it was the first time I <laughs> I ever had the thought, how many Pixar or Disney Pixar films are about the central group of characters breaking in somewhere or breaking out of somewhere? That that seems to be their go-to story. And then you kind of go, no, 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 no. But hang on. Toy Story 1, break into SIDS and break out of SIDS. Toy Story 2, break into and break out of the toy barn. Toy Story 3, break out of daycare. Toy Story 4, break into the antique shop, break out of the... And I was going, they do love a heist. Pixar love a heist. Which... Um, so I, no could, I, couldn't find the, I couldn't find the Casio that I was looking for, but I've decided to stop looking because... For some reason, I've been given a search history that includes a web page that's the best and worst menstruation scenes in film and TV. <laughs> <laughs> what? Just from putting... Casio Watch? Just to make... No, because it wasn't Casio. I couldn't find Casio Watch. Did so I changed it. it. Films with things out of their period. Uh, okay. <laughs> and then obviously the second answer... Is is that? So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the message there. Yeah, leave it there. Don't go down the rabbit hole, Jay. Don't go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't want to attract any bears. Absolutely, oh. absolutely, or sharks, as the case yeah, may be. Hey, hey. Actually, the shark mentioning sharks. Yeah, <laughs> nice segue. Nice segue. Do you By think... far the best characters. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, do you think when they made this film, they realised how many iconic characters and lines and moments they were creating? Or do you think there was just something about it that caught on? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I don't know. <laughs> Especially like this time, I've seen this film more times than I can count. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Rachel was wetting herself. Because I still forget when Bruce arrives. Yeah. And it made me jump this time. <laughs> I don't know why. And I was and I was like not like oh, but just enough to be like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, good. I've seen this how many times and I still don't know that as Marlin turns away and the camera pans around, yeah. Bruce is there. He's behind them. And it's just like oh. I totally forgot that Eric Banner is in this. Eric Banner's in this. Eric Banner is the hammerhead is in he? the uh, in the twelve step vegetarian shark group or whatever it is. Yeah, and oh, and used to I used to be so obsessed with him. Ever since I saw Troy, I was yeah, obsessed he... with him, and I just totally forgot he existed. Really, I'm, I'm, then, I was a bit obsessed with him. Oh, he is. Yeah. I was so in love with him. He's gorgeous, and he's really funny as well. Um, but he's brilliant in this. But you can't, you definitely can't tell that. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously he's a hammerhead shark, but it doesn't even sound like him. They're just super Australian. No. So, but he is. Have you ever seen yeah, Chopper? A, oh, Chopper's amazing. Ah, he is amazing in that. But yeah, there's some really classic people in this. William, um, oh, who's William Defoe's in it, isn't he? He's oh, the yeah, um, William Defoe's yeah, in it. Jeffrey William Defoe's the. Is he the 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 yeah, old he's, fish? He's, yeah, he's yeah, the, the mental fish. fish. Gill, isn't he? Yeah, and that's right. So perfectly cast. Yeah, 
as that because yeah. it's just like there's Who's in it? he's the pelican <laughs> you know the friendly pelican who keeps the pelicans up. are really good oh my god the seagulls other than sharks the seagulls are the best that, um, again that became a thing for a bit people just going mine 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 and the fisher no friends way. how did i not know that what? what you know who plays bruce barry humphreys dame edna reveridge barry humphreys yeah the guy who's in every single australian film ever I didn't realise that that was him. Did you not? No. Proper well, Aussie it up go. all the way through. Hang on, wait. Who is he? I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. Dame Edna Everidge. Yeah, you know Dame Edna Everidge. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah. You know the guy who's in every Australian film ever? The one He's in uh, Muriel's Wedding and Strictly Ballroom and Priscilla, the old kind of fat guy. But he's I... in every... Any I Australian did. film he's been in it. I swear he's in it. I just, oh, what's his name? Let me just see who's in Priscilla, because I thought you were on about um, that other guy. <laughs> As you can tell, we're good with actors <laughs> on this particular podcast. I, you, I normally you know that guy? Just the thing in the guy? There's Hugo Weaving, another. Oh, Hugo Weaving. Another Australian. Yeah, is it Hugo Weaving you're on about? Well, I don't know, because I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, basically, what we're compiling off the back of this podcast, if if we've not already said it, we started this by all three of us going, Finding Nemo is, in the collective opinion, such a good film. We didn't know that we were going to be able to criticise it like we have with other films because we were all just completely in agreement. So what we're doing instead is talking about beer and Australians, which yeah. is a really good pairing because yeah. they just I go wanted together. To talk about, um how you guys feel now about eating innocent little fish well do you care because surely if a kid like a little kid is watching this and there's like this whole fish is friends do you think that maybe they would still eat fish afterwards i would imagine that there are some i, I, I think the amount of people that have seen finding nemo and the amount of people that have like babe that that still um eat fish I think like the difficulty with it is is that there are people in the world that are like the uh, like what I would class them as like Mm -hmm. anti-vegans it's like it's almost fetishizing (laughs) me and like because it was like one where I saw it on Facebook where it was like Somewhere that they'd started putting pit, p- vegans had started putting like labels on steaks hmm. that have a picture of a cow and then a name, so like say Daisy or whatever. And it was like, would you still eat it if it had this on it? And someone shared it saying, I'd collect them like them bottles of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like. Nice. Like it's a like it's not even they do it because it's just easier, or even because they particularly like meat. They just want to piss off vegans. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And it's like I did veganuary. Congratulations! Like I saved I one animal. Congratulations! Mm, it's still more than a lot of people do. 
Um, and it's like it's a lot easier in Veganuary because there's a lot more people doing it. And the supermarkets make it easier to find that kind of thing. Yeah, but there is so there is so much everywhere all the time now. Yeah, it yeah. Is, like it is a lot not... it, it is a lot easier. Now yeah. I'm just gonna interrupt this. We've gone off on a tangent. We We're have. talking about I did actually have, I had quite a good point though, I think. Like, about no, the you... fish not friends. Yeah. Whether kids would be kids would be affected by that. Possibly. I think Finding Nemo very famously had the opposite effect, didn't it? A lot of people bought clownfish, clownfish. and regal oh, yeah, blue-tangs and then got rid of them because they couldn't keep them. So I think it might have gone the other way, Anna. I'm just really sensitive to things. Well, you know I am. Um, but you know, I've got the bit where they, um, the, fish, the fishing boat pulled up all those fish and they had to swim down. Honestly, I nearly cried at the thought that they would just all be killed. Still gone. Still gone. And... And I suppose actually that kind of touches on something. Did you have any favourite moments or any moments that you didn't like in it? Either of you. I mean, that I think bit, Joe's going to go, I horrible. like the beginning all the way through to the end. I just like the sharks and the seagulls and Eric Banner in Troy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is... I, think, I think the sharks are, are a highlight. Oh, it's so funny. Like, I completely forgot about that. Brilliant. 12-step <laughs> um... <laughs> programme to becoming a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Who's the other one? It's like um, I don't know what type of shark that is. Some skanky shark with skanky teeth. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably an English shark. No, it's um an actor called Bruce Spence, who you would recognise, but he's not. Okay. Famous, famous. He sounded familiar. He was probably in Neighbours. <laughs> the bit that made me chuckle, like the bit with um Bruce making you jump, Joe. The bit that made me actually laugh out loud was when. Uh, at the very start, Nemo's gone to school and he's with the other fish and aquatic animals and they make the little squid jump and it, it goes, you made me ink, just as... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why. I've seen this film so many times and yet that bit this time just made me crack up. Um, as did the bit when when Marlin, having found Dory, because obviously if anyone knows anything about this film, it's that Dory is in it. Um, the bit where they go down into the depths and it's pitch black and he talks to her and she goes, are you my conscience? (laughs) (laughs) Which made me chuckle as well. Because again, I suppose for anyone who's not seen it who might be listening, which I think is unlikely, uh, in his quest to find his son, Marlin finds Dory, a fish with a, what, 10 second memory? 7 second memory. Yeah, short term memory loss. Short term memory loss. And she, she becomes part of his journey, which, uh, I mean, what do you make of her as a character? Well, she, she's teaching him, isn't it? She's teaching him to never give up, right? Mm. That's, teach, that's a lesson to us all, mm-hmm. to never, never give up. And, and patience it's, as well. Yeah. I thought that she was a fulfillment of almost a mentor figure and also a child. Mm. Yeah. They have this weird cyclical relationship, don't they, where he teaches her, she teaches him, everyone learns. That's what Disney is all about. That's what Disney is all about. What, what I I'm, like... Oh, oh, sorry, what I like about it, um, it about the, that their relationship is the fact that it is platonic mm-hmm. and that it's 
they didn't feel the need, like in a lot of films, where it's romance. like, oh, there has to be a romantic element. And it's like, no, people can just have friendships. That's yep. a good point, actually. There isn't any of that in this film, is there? No. There's no, no hooking up. No. And it's actually, I think it is very good. I think, I think they do that well because Marlin and Dory going off through the sea and meeting all this cast of other wacky characters, it very nicely and very neatly mirrors Nemo. Because Nemo, when he's taken, ends up in an aquarium, in a mm. dentist's surgery, with uh, a group of other fish who have all been caught or bought or whatever the case may be. And it's actually quite nice because obviously Nemo does the same as his dad, as Marlin's off with Dory on this relationship where they're living and learning and laughing and loving together. He's doing the same in the fish tank. He's Mm. learning from the Willem Dafoe fish. But at the (laughs) same time, he's teaching them all about how committed you can be and and what it's like to have that youthful energy where you, I suppose like you, Joe, in some ways, when you do something, do it properly. Don't do it 50%. Mm. Like people who drink Diet Coke. Yeah. Mm. Either drink like water If you're going to drink it. Coke, I, I drink, drink full-fat Coke. <laughs> well, there's your problem, because, you know, if you're going to drink Coke, do it properly and drink proper Coke. No, pro- proper Coke gives me a headache. I can't oh. drink that. Anyway. Anyway, um, yeah. I think, don't you think a William Defoe fish sounds like it should be a real fish? <laughs> yeah, it William does. William fish. It completely does. It just changes just start, the Start a new breed of fish. The Willem Defoe. Yeah. I, I think, leading it back to like our screenwriting background, mm-hmm. it, it's like the perfect way to do the whole characters going on a physical journey. Yeah, so going on a, an emotional journey, mm-hmm. and yeah. just that, like, and I think I, I get what you're saying about Dory, but I think I think the biggest impact that she has on him is, is it, it's a little on the nose, but she literally says it, mm-hmm. where she's like, "Let go." Yeah, and that's yeah. literally all that she's there to do is to get him to let go and stop being so uptight. Absolutely. I've written down in my notes just four words: time to let go. Yeah, because that is her por- her, her purpose. I was going to say that would her have been porpoise. a great accidental joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I should have left it. That's her purpose, isn't it? To teach him to be less neurotic. Mm-hmm. And it's understandable in his situation. To be mm-hmm. fair, it's not like anyone's thinking. Oh well, he's a bit too much. Like you can understand why with mm. everything that's happened. Um, but it's nice to have that kind of that cathartic moment where it's like, like one of my favourite lines is, um, where he's like, "Well, you can't," because I, I promised I'd ne- I promised I'd never let anything happen to him, mm. and 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 it's that kind of. I like characters where they don't realise they're being saying something like important or impactful. Yeah. They're just saying what what make like if anything it, it's stupid mm-hmm. in a way, but it actually means something. Where like, she's just like just keep like, swimming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or and and yeah, because she re- re- replies with well, 
you can't let anything ha- not let anything happen to him because then nothing would ever happen to him. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like a how boring. Yeah, yeah. Response, it's just like it? how how do you expect to your child to grow as a as a oh, no, said as a human as a as a fish if you don't let them experience things. Yeah, yeah. completely, completely. And actually, uh, I love then that mirroring with the sea turtles Mm. again i think when you watch this with maybe an adult eye maybe with a more critical eye you do that thing don't you where you go oh okay every problem is going to have a fish or a sea creature that solves that problem so uh, marlin can't let go of nemo at the start so that he meets a fish who will literally just tell him that on repeat just you know um he can't he can't sort of ease up on his parental neuroses. So he meets a sea turtle who does exactly the opposite to show mm-hmm. him that it's fine and it's okay. And and actually, again, another iconic little piece of cinema, isn't it? The sea turtles. Yeah. I think actually when you mention it, when you mention Finding Nemo, you get the sharks, you get the turtles, you get the seagulls. Mm. But that's because they're good characters as well. Um, you know, it'd be really easy to just... <clears throat> to just have all these different interactions throughout the whole film where it's like, hey, just be a cooler dad. Mm. But actually they don't. They put it into such a nicely defined little piece of writing and um, acting and visual accompaniment. And I think maybe that's what's so pleasing about it. You know what it's doing, but it does it really well. Mm. It doesn't feel forced. They're really good at, I think the word, and so I'm sorry if I'm wrong, uh, anthropomorphizing nice nice word um the fish and stuff because it like you can you can almost see that also was an unintended pun that was good yeah that was uh, good that's good you can almost see the um the human versions of all of these characters mm-hmm. like they're so clear cut and they're like Pixar do it really well like for example like inside out and mm-hmm. um, like, it's just they understand their characters really well. Yeah, and they make the characters seem real. Yes, like, they do. You've got kind of one well, one of my favorite characters when I was a kid, and it sort of resonates a little more now. Is the, the bubbles guy in yeah. the tank? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved him when I was a kid because it was just like <laughs> but what they're trying to tap into is the fact that being stuck in a tank all mm-hmm. the time yeah. is going to do things to you like, yeah. and it's sort of a funny, like a, a comedic way to kind of talk about that I guess mm, No, completely. completely and actually if you go and look at that list of 22 things again um character is so heavy throughout all of it you know i would say almost every other point is is taking something and then referring it back to character because that's at the heart of it isn't it you know i think actually with these kind of films these um anthropomorphic dramas um i'm stealing your word there jay all credit to you um is that actually depending on how you pitch it 
it's it's a different film to the next person who pitches it because you could say it's the story of a fish looking for his baby fish you know blah 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 but actually if you go it's the story of a widow on the hunt for his stolen son and i think what we're seeing more and more as we have these conversations and we do these podcasts is that the good films or at least what i suppose i think are the good films (laughs) you can explain them in lots of different ways like you, you could explain the story from start to finish and hit the same beats, but tell it in completely different ways because they're layered. Mm. It's not just, and I know we kind of ragged on Halloween too last week. We don't need to go back, but it's not just psychotic person hunts and kills. Mm. Actually, you can you can tell different stories through different means and processes, and it and it works. And then go surprise! It was all about a clownfish. Who who isn't funny? Who isn't funny? Which I think is brilliant because it's a way of, like, it it seems like such a small kind of part of that film, mm. but actually, it's it's about that idea of someone assuming something about you because of something that you can't control, oh. and it's like that kind of. If you want to, again, it's always me that wants to look way more deeply in it than they think. But it's like the whole kind of, oh, stereotyping it, oh, so you must, Mm. or whatever. That it's kind of. Well put. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't want to say. You mean don't touch a book by its cover, basically. Someone, like, someone can say something racist, that it's like, oh, you're black, therefore, whatever. You're a clownfish, therefore you must be funny. And it's that sort of thing when actually the tenor of his head is like, well, no, he's actually painfully not funny. Yeah. Um and I still I still want to know the opener for that joke, because I know the the punchline yeah. in the back of my hand with yeah. fronds like these who needs anemones. Yeah. Which is a brilliant punchline. So I yeah. need to know the the feed line. Googling. But like the whole parents kind of thing again like you can you could see that in in real life that it's just yeah it's just it's just perfect like you can't Mm. um, and actually that kind of thing though the this i hope this doesn't undermine everything that you just said because obviously at the end he does develop a sense of humor doesn't he and the ability to crack a joke i think that goes back to that whole physical journey versus emotional journey that Mm. for a large part of the film all of marlin's story is so heavily weighted in the first two minutes of the film Mm. and it's only going to new places physically that he's able to go to new places emotionally and you know at the end of the film he goes from an overbearing parent who won't let his fish son swim in the sea to a character who's happy to listen to not only the the son that he's done that to, but also a fish with brain damage Mm. because actually he can see that they're right and he's wrong just because, you know, he's not right because he's the sensible adult, Mm. which I think is, I think it's good. I think, you know, it's, it's then very well reflected in the actions of that character rather than just going, and he was fine. Yeah. Because all the way through the film, you have that, he can't tell a joke, he can't tell a joke, he can't tell a joke, he goes on this journey, 
he tells quite a good joke, even though we don't know what the beginning is. Have either of you seen Finding Dory? I was going to ask you this. I I have. I have as well. Did you say no, Anna? No. <laughs> what did you think of it? I um, I didn't mind it. I I don't know if I would say like I loved it. I don't even know if I would say I liked it. Um, I watched it on. It was on in the background when I was doing something else. I know that when it came out, it got a lot of criticism. Mm. But I thought it. I thought it was all right. I thought it was okay. I thought the trouble is, it's it's Big Brother is finding Nemo, which is like having the perfect older sibling, isn't it? Yeah. Is Nemo in it? Yeah. It's the Very... same characters. Yeah. What about Bruce? No. <gasps> I think oh. actually, I think actually, when I said to the students at work the other day, it's a said it's Finding Nemo is a near perfect film. They went, "What's the bit that's not perfect?" And another student went, "The whales. The whales aren't in it." And I was like, "Actually, in Finding Dory, the whales are really good characters. Hmm. That's something they do well." But what do you think of it, Jane? What's your opinion? Yeah, I think I remember watching it, and at first I was really disappointed, mm-hmm. but again because. But I did even go in with kind of lower, ex- like, I can't tell whether, I can't remember whether I went in with lower expectations or higher expectations. Yeah. But I remember being underwhelmed, but then I watched it again and was like, actually, in mm. its own right, it's pretty good. Yeah. But it, like, it's, it, it does what it needs to do. It yeah. ties up a lot of things, mm-hmm. like. It, it makes more sense as to why Dory is Dory can speak what whale, yeah, as well because then that's that's kind of a nice way to finish that. Mm. Uh, there's some pretty good characters like I quite like the octopus is yeah. quite quite yeah. good. Um, what made me realise as well is my favourite character is Becky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it made me realise that my favourite characters in all Disney films, Disney Pixar films, are the ones that are essentially just do cameos and are a bit weird. Yes. Like, um, who's the one in Moana? Um, uh, hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, hey. Um, and it all, like, Pascal entangled. And it's just mm-hmm. like, the sassy kind of one that just kind of makes a, a, a slight appearance. Yeah. A little Does something. And then kind of they like... But yeah, like, I think what I was glad about, I guess, bringing it back to... I, did, I didn't want to veer off too much into Finding Dory, mm. was that it didn't do what a lot of bad sequels do, which kind of does... undoes a lot of the good of the first one. Yeah. Like... It's a it's a, a good addition, mm. but you don't you don't need it. No, I agree. You have it. Yeah, it, kind of, it adds stuff rather than takes stuff away. It's kind of, um, and again, not to go too far off on a tangent with it, but it's almost like seasoning on food. Mm. Like you've come for the plate of food, but actually having this as a an addition to it enhances what you've got. Because I think you're right. I think actually when you watch that, you go, oh, that's why this happens in the film. And that's why she can do that. And that's quite nice because now we can see Marlin and Nemo a few 
years, weeks, months, I'm not sure what the time frame is off the top of my head, down the line. And it just, it kind of adds into Finding Nemo rather than, like you say, takes away from it. Because I think that's where you could very easily criticise it and fall out of love with Finding Nemo based on that sequel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if they, like, retconned a load of stuff from the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, no, it's completely different. Like. Absolutely. And it turns out this super helpful fish was there the whole time that just didn't help them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like, Dory has memory loss because she was actually in, and this is an intentional pun, the Marines, <laughs> nice. and they, uh, like, wiped her memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, like... like <laughs> We yeah we had to men in black this fish <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but no I agree I agree I agree with what you said I agree um, I mean this is the thing isn't it I suppose um, with films like this with good films with films that are, have a universal love you kind of get you get to a point where you're you're almost challenging yourself to find bad things with them. It's almost like, what could make this film bad? And, and we started off doing this, didn't we, with whales in the harbour and dirty fish tanks. But actually, I think the more we've been talking about it, it's just a solid film, isn't it? From... I mean, it didn't say those were bad things. I was just pointing no. them out. No, 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 not no, at all. Exactly. I think one, one thing we haven't discussed, which is one of my favourite. Mount Wanahokalugi. Mount Wanahokalugi is brilliant, I will admit. <laughs> um... No, it's the the, the score mm. that I think it it's part like I can hear it in my head if I just play it in my head, and it's like. Can that's you sing that for I, us? Because I don't know what you're talking about. No, I can't. I mean, unfortunately, if he did, he'd be in breach of copyright. So I probably be best not to. Yeah, but... Well, I probably wouldn't because. <laughs> It wouldn't sound anything like the actual. <laughs> um, it's like strings and kind of like I can hear the opening in my head, and I it used to be the trigger that made me what made me watch it because it just pop into my head and I go I need to watch Finding Nemo now, um, and it's so relaxed and even like the bits where it's kind of action and he's like it's still just really pleasant and really it fits all of the different kind of like locations and things and i i listen to it a lot when i'm writing because mm-hmm. it's just it's there in the background and it kind of puts me in like a kind of good place i guess yeah and i think that's actually the power of a good score in any film isn't it mm. i think um it's almost and it's almost unfortunate that the better the score the less you notice it because it's doing its job well mm. and yet as you've just said with listening to it it obviously adds so much more to the film for you which i think if, we probably all have scores of music from films don't we that we enjoy listening to i say this but i, I don't know if that's true i do <laughs> Not so much scores, but soundtracks, yeah. Soundtracks, yeah, of course. But, of course. as I just said, Jurassic Park is noticeably mm. good. And and anything by John Williams is... Yeah. Stellar. Incredible. Mm. Yeah, like, I, I like Hans Zimmer. 
Mm. Yes. Uh, Danny Elfman. Yes. Like Danny Elfman just sounds like Tim Burton to me now. Like yeah, I, Danny very Elfman much so. Tim Burton. Uh, yeah. And and maybe this is something to consider moving forward. Maybe scores and soundtracks will be something that we talk about more and more. I can definitely talk it about depends soundtracks. On the, well, that's the thing. It depends on the film, doesn't it? None of the films we've if it's good discussed so far, other than Devil's Rejects, I guess. With this, with uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. You know, yeah, you're right. We did discuss him. Mm. Great soundtrack. We've just got Back to the Future music in my head now. Uh, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Hang on, are you going to get copyrighted? No, it doesn't sound anything like. It. We I all know what he's away. saying, but yeah, it's so yeah, yeah, careful. You know what, if you know, but identical. What you uh, can't see if you're listening to this is that me and Joe are both on video as well. So when he did that, we were both swaying in time. That's why there was a moment of silence because I think we were just enjoying. I'm missing out because I'm not even looking at you two. Ah, Anna. You are missing out. You are missing out. I can't hear you if I look at you. This is true. And in this moment, hearing us is more important than seeing us. That's true. But only in this moment. Yeah. So how does uh, Finding Nemo stack against other films of its kind for you? You mentioned Toy Story earlier, Jay. If it was a Royal Rumble, which one would come out on top? Finding Nemo. I think Finding Nemo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember Toy Story. I like. I loved Toy Story as a kid. I think, like, I'm. I'm glad that Rachel doesn't listen to this podcast because she will hate me for saying this. But I think Toy Story Four ruined Toy Story for me. Agreed. And um, shh. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Rachel proudly says that it's the only film she's ever cried at. Hmm. Um, which <laughs> I think that's the only film, the only film. Whereas I, I cry a, a lot, uh, <laughs> but not, um, not finding Nemo strangely, but there are a few on this list that I cry whilst I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think like even, even better than toy story, big hero six is mm-hmm. up there. Um, this, I mean, partly because I am Baymax, like one hundred percent. To get you that armor. Other well, other than the kind of being helpful and stuff, <laughs> not being able to run. <laughs> that thing where there's being chased is like, I am not fast. It's like <laughs> I posted that gif constantly whilst I was training for my ten k. Um, nice. Yeah, so there's that. There's Moana's good. Um, it makes sense as well because I was watching um, an interview, I think, or some behind-the-scenes footage of Lin-Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. where he was talking about the fact that before he'd even written the score for it, Dwayne Johnson had been cast as Maui. Hmm. So he knew going in that it was going to be The Rock yeah. doing it, and then it like that whole kind of bit makes sense Mm. um tangled is one of my favorites partly i guess because we're having like the music and stuff is is very prominent in our wedding music Mm. um so i have that personal thing like there's very few disney that i don't love like it's either love or like Mm. but then i suppose 
this comes back to maybe that well one of the opening points with disney and pixar is it that they've found a formula that works is that why they're so good because i think actually you can have great actors and films can be flops you can have great scores and great set pieces with your action but is it that they found something in the way they piece that all together that just clicks and works because they are consistent it's because because my love for disney expands outside of the cinematic universe i guess mm-hmm. in in the sense of all of the parks and everything like we'll be going to to disney world after the wedding um and ev- ev- everything is precise yeah and they take their time and again it, go- it goes back to that thing of if you're going to do it you do it properly mm-hmm. so they pick their people very carefully yeah they pick who like and and they they've just got that ethos down like a lot of people kind of judge the way that they run Disney World and stuff like that because a lot like a lot of the cast members there's a lot of rules to follow yeah but but that's the thing it, it's about everything because I, I wanted to work for Disney at one point and everything is about maintaining the magic yeah is the it, brand is, is is what they is what they do and they want it so that similar to how when you watch a film you you escape into that world so and i think that's what it is is that they they just surround everything with that same ethos mm. and nothing like i don't know what the budgets were and stuff but they don't seem to kind of skimp on anything and it's that whole just making sure that you have the best people yeah but i think you're right i think there is a formula that they're that they're using but it's not as it's not as prescriptive as something where that's like yeah insert this here insert that there it's it's that kind of making everything as real as possible Mm. I think underneath, no matter what they're they're putting as the as the face, yeah, everything else underneath yeah. needs to have that reality yeah. and that. And, and and similar to how kind of you were saying that you can explain the film without mentioning fish. Yeah, I think a lot of theirs that you would think. Oh well, that's a bit strange. But if you boil it down to what the actual story is, yeah, it's something that could could potentially be quite horrific if yeah. you do it in the different in a different way. But then they add it. But then, like you say, they add the layers. Yeah. So it's it's sticking to something that is genuinely meaningful and genuinely impactful. So, for example, Soul, um, that's just come out on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Christmas or whatever. Again, it's it it's ridiculous in terms of like if you think about it logically. Yeah. But the the emotional, ironically, soul of that film makes 
makes so much sense and it's and and they're not actually they're not afraid of of talking about stuff that is difficult mm. because kids are able to 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 handle it yeah it's just the way in which you you tell that story that Agreed. yes mufasa sorry if it's a spoiler anyone mm. mufasa dies at the start of lion king but it's not brutal like you don't no you don't see arms flying every like fl- bits flying everywhere or whatever you don't watch two lions rip each other to pieces no no, no yeah exactly but the kids still ha- still get to mm. experience that that loss and and what you need to do so mm. i agree i agree and i think maybe as we approach the hour mark on this recording that might be a good point on which to leave it that no matter what the face they tap into to very real things and um, and it's something that's very applicable to their audience, isn't it? They do a good job. Do we have any final thoughts, anyone? Anna? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I was just... Um... No, that's, that might be hard to believe, but I'm still here. <laughs> you are still um, here. My final thoughts. I haven't even had a chance to mention that I had a fish with a, a gimpy fin. Did you? I had him, and he looked just like that with a little tiny fin and then a big oh. one. And he lived for 12 years. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. He was called Cookie Monster. Oh. <laughs> Genius. Of course he was. Yeah. And then all the other ones were named after gladiators. <laughs> hunter, wolf. No, there was no hunter. Come on. It was Zodiac and Trojan and Lightning and Falcon. Amazing. And then Cookie Monster. And then Cookie Monster. <laughs> and then Cookie Monster outlived. Everyone outlived all my grandparents, they so outlived everyone. Oh, heroic! I, I believe heroic. that's because he had a, a gimpy fin, maybe it made him a survivor, made him strong. Um, that's Nemo's living thought. forever. Do, nice. do you have yeah. any, um, any pet names that you'd like to share, Dan? Um, I do not, actually. I haven't got any pets oh. at the minute, and oh. I've never had a fish, so. Nothing that ties in. But my final thought, because I feel like if somebody doesn't say it, it's almost a crime. It's that uh, fish, fish are friends. friends, not food. Well, don't eat one. I mean, and then and then you're going to go Off and eat you go and have your... Hey, I've got some very tasty looking friends. <laughs> <laughs> bit weird. But... A bit weird. Totally weird. I'm look, I've I'm never glad eaten that... fish in my life, I just want to say. Oh, there you go. I'm no, glad that we've still got to do life. the scores, because then people will forget my weird comments about my friends. Oh, I, I I I had a, a a pet name that I wanted to say. Come on, I'm, I'm, uh, I want to get your opinion on it because Rachel won't let me have one, and I only want one because of the name. So I I want a snake, mm-hmm. but Rachel is terrified of snakes, so I'm not allowed one. Shame. But I said she should allow let me because yeah. I want a corn snake just so I can call it Kellogg's. Yes, and it'll be a Kellogg's corn snake. That's incredible. And she still doesn't think that that's a valid enough reason. So I think you need to message her to to let her yeah, know. Yeah, we'll get Absolutely this. not. It's cruel. <laughs> let me let me just say I'm not promising anything. She said that she, she doesn't present anything where there's um food like food in the freezer ah. for the um for the animal. Because I was like, it can be in the office. Like you don't need to come anywhere near this the snake like but we can't afford it really. we're getting it. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Now, as is uh, as is our way, scores on the doors. So, Joe, lead the charge. What score are you giving Finding Nemo? Um, see, this is where I'm I'm regretting not letting um, Anna have half. Ah, here we go. Ah, you want to give it nine and a half, don't you? Yeah, but you know what? I'm going to nail my colours to the mast. Perfect ten. Perfect ten. Anna did it for Devil's Rejects. Agreed. And Back to the Future. I, yeah, I can't fault the film. There's, like you said, there's nitpicky things, but that's not necessarily a fault with it. Mm. So it has to be a 10. Has to be a 10. I had written 10 down before, so I'm glad you said that. Um, Anna, what are you going to give it? Um, right. I'm not into Disney or anything i do like i like dreamworks i like shrek and oh, the ones that are kind of you know for adults as well the ones that are kind of yeah the funnier ones um i mean i hadn't seen this in years i probably would never put it on if it was on tv i probably wouldn't watch it um but it is like there's nothing wrong with it it's a beautifully animated film it's got a nice message blah 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 but like i'm not that you know i'm not that bothered by it so i would like to give it a half. Uh-huh. Um, oh, you, you're gonna hate me. I just, you know, I wish I could. I wish I could go back and cha- demote quite a few of my other choices. I think I gave them two higher marks, but I'll probably give this one seven. Okay. But only, only because just like yeah, it's not that's my that's style. That, that's the, that's but there's not, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just wouldn't choose to put it on. No, that's fair enough. I uh, I was very much like you, Joe. I wanted to. Uh, this was the week when I was like, half marks would be a good thing. Um, should have you see, we should have been kinder to Anna early doors. It would have been so much better in the long run. Um, but I'm going to go the flip side of your coin. I'm going to go for a nine because actually, I think it, I think for me the the missing point is just the fact that if you said to me, do you want to put it on? There's still that voice that goes. But I love it when it's on. Mm. But it's like the warm up before well, that's a race. What I mean. And that's there you go. So overall, I feel are... bad. I feel like I should give it an eight, but I really no. want to. No, like I think a seven is fair. Okay, but I want to give. Can I demote some of the other ones? Can no. I change my marks? Sadly, no. unlike our Everything first film, that this I gave isn't a six, time give travel. Give a five. <laughs> <laughs> Including yeah. phone numbers. Change those numbers right now. <laughs> All the fives to sixes and sixes to fives. Well, combined scores, twenty-six. Yeah. What did Devil's Rejects get? I don't know off the top of my head. Um, I just imagine I, you'd have a laminated chart on your I, I, I mean, I do have them all in a big notepad, but honestly, Anna, it's your favourite film. You should remember. Devil's Rejects got 23. I mean... It, it is a, like, this is a, a more um, universal film. Yes. This is a film for you two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I should have just not not even joined in on this. You should have been like, I'm giving it a three just because you guys are going to be so high. You two are going to really No, enjoy- I like it. I like it. I like it. It's a nice film. I tell you what, I tell you why, Anna, it's felt very, I think, Joe and Dan orientated. It's because we can see each other. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, I see. There's- there's like a little element of, oh, I can see some human features on the end of this phone yeah. call. 
Um, you not see? You can see a picture of me. A little picture that's, of that's Pennywise picture. Anna. Pennywise Anna, yeah. Pennywise you are, Anna. You are good, but you are not Tim Curry. Not yet. I certainly am not. That's not even your final evolution. Um, nice. nice. So there we go. 26 points for Finding Nemo. I'm going to knock up some sort of chart at some point. No, so Put it under Back to the Future as well. Yeah. I believe it's 27, wasn't it? Back to the Future yeah. was 27. It was indeed. Um, Isn't that at still, the top? Yeah, I think it might be at the top. Yeah, it is at the top so far. We're still looking for that perfect film. I don't think it's going to... I think I, I will eat my hat. I knew I, you were going to say that. Too. Yeah, I, I agree. We'll all eat some hats or something. And on that note of chaos, on that promise that we will eat headwear, should one film get 30... I think we should probably call it a day. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week. I nearly told you what the film was, but I won't. Join us again next week and uh, catch you next time. Bye. Bye.